Hey guys! Welcome back to another episode of the Big Fat Truth Podcast. This is your average fat girl, Janina, and I'm excited I made it this far. We are now on episode 4. Again, I just want to thank everyone who listened to the first three episodes. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time, the love, and to everyone who gave their feedback. Jai... Um, Rads, Eka, Yok, Miss Janie, Aya, and my co-podcasters. Um, check out Trading and Everything podcast with Jan and Jamie. They are funny as hell. So check out their pod. Um, thank you for your feedback. I will try to improve. I just haven't figured out how to edit yet. I am completely dependent on Anchor. That's where I record and upload everything. If you don't know what Anchor is, visit their website or try to download their app. It's anchor.fm. Yeah, you know, you can find out more. You can also leave me voice messages there. And I can feature those on my next episodes. If you want, we can try it. Um, just just type in anchor.fm forward slash the big fat truth. So we can simulate a conversation or a Q&A if you will <laughs> just try it so yeah eventually I will grow out of that and edit I don't know when but no promises <laughs> but I will improve there's no way but up okay anyway it's enhanced community quarantine or lockdown day 30 I think, if I'm not mistaken, but it's been a month. I'm doing good, I think. Trying to stay sane despite the circumstances. I hope you are doing good too. I know people are <laughs> saying you should be productive, improve on yourself, pick up a new hobby or whatnot. You know, if you're like me, you're not really motivated right now. You're just trying to relax, you want a grip of normalcy, and you want to pretend you're in control even though we are right smack in the middle of something we have no control over. That's okay too. That's okay, completely okay. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Stay at home, wash your hands, flatten the curve, you know, you're already doing your part and it's okay. <laughs> anyway, you might be wondering water topic will be for this episode you probably already saw the title lotions and potions i'm keeping my word from the first episode and i will be talking about my career and my industry so maybe a little story time if that will interest you <laughs> so as some of you may already know, I'm a registered nurse in the Philippines and oh, unfortunately, this was not my original plan. I did not want to be a nurse. And my first real actual paying job was as a dance exercise instructor. You know, um, group exercise like similar to Zumba. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's called Body Jam. It's under Les Mills, and I used to teach that in fitness first clubs or gyms here in the Philippines. So even at a very young age, I already found my passion in dancing. And to be honest, the young Janina <laughs> really wanted to be Beyonce's backup dancer. Ooh. 
what I would do to get on that stage with Queen B <laughs> herself. But anyway, obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm a registered nurse, but at least I'm a professional. In classic toxic Filipino culture, my mom was the one who wanted me to become a nurse and forced me into it. To into it, and it was nursing or nothing. So I did that, and unfortunately, when I finished college and passed the licensure exam, there were already too many nurses here in the Philippines, and not a lot of jobs to support us. And you know, it was crazy. I tried to apply in hospitals, but. Um, in the really big, really good hospitals, you have to pay just so they can take you in for training. And then after your training, it's not um, even a guarantee that you'll be hired. And it's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, I tried. I went. Um, so I kind of had a break for a year. And during that time, I was applying, like I said, to different hospitals. But, you know, I'm not one of the brightest. So I never got in. <laughs> not not to one. I, I mean, it was competitive. And, you know, I was a below average student. I was just passing. <laughs> you know, because it wasn't my passion. And it really showed. But... Um, during my break, I went with my cousin to a province where kind of did medical missions. And, you know, just by going with her, I got a nursing job there. You know, I was an, I was an OR nurse, operating room nurse, focusing on OBGYN. But of course, still got thrown around, so I still got to... Um, experience handling medical cases surgery and you know normal um everyday um cases <laughs> so it wasn't just ob but i had really good exposure there and it was a district hospital with a 60 bed capacity but you know it wasn't always just 60 patients and it was crazy and i really learned a lot from that experience i lasted for almost three years until the same cousin <laughs> that referred me there um referred me to a new job in the city near where i live now and the position was for a quote-unquote medical safety scientist wow right i mean a scientist really i wasn't sure about it but you know, I submitted my CV. I tried. <laughs> I tried it. I didn't know what it was about. Um, but the interview was very basic. You know, if how I'll go and go to and from work, if it will be convenient for me, if it will be good for me to go to the client's office, and if I knew how to work with Microsoft office programs and all that jazz and i didn't really get a good grip of what i was gonna do <laughs> but but because of those questions i i got in i got the job and i was a medical safety scientist and <laughs> to be honest i did not know 
while I was entering. So it was crazy when I got there. Um, so it was it was a fairly new job for someone like me who is an allied medical professional, which means I'm not a doctor. So allied med can be a nurse like me, pharmacist, med tech, or some something similar. Um, just not a physician, but yeah, I got in and I learned about this crazy, crazy industry called pharmacovigilance and like what a former boss would like to call it the lotions and potions business so um what exactly is it well you know how you have um medicines medicinal products that you use and you drink and you get from your doctor your prescription or someone recommended it for you you know how those things come with labels and you know written like warning precautions contraindications how to use it how not to use it and all those jazz yes exactly that's where we come in so um those things so not just medicines but that's why we call it that's why we call it lotions and potions because it's not just um the pharma medicines that we know but it also covers lotions and shampoos and all the things that you put in your body like eye drops and even tampons and sanitary napkins even baby powders and i don't know even devices those things that um people use to check their blood glucose the glucometer and BP apparatuses <laughs> all those jazz even canes and sutures used um, for surgery and a lot a lot of things that I didn't know was involved in this big big industry so you know these things should be used safely and responsibly and you need to read the product label and information carefully you know safety first and that's where we come in pharmacovigilance what from the word itself pharma and vigilance it's the drug and how to watch out for it um before all those things end up in your doctor's prescription your medicine cabinets and pharmacies and groceries it had to go through so much testing and observation so um where i am focuses on patient safety so even before those things hit the market we already collect data for it so like new drugs um first we test it in in vitro so it's in, in test tubes and petri dishes and all those jazz in labs so if it works if has um an effect on something they get tested um into known organisms and allergies and stuff like that so it goes through um non-clinical testing so it can be on animals i know some are against animal cruelty but um it's kind of a must especially with 
really toxic 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 um ingredients so you you cannot just give it to humans and hope that it cures coronavirus you know so it goes through a lot of testing and research and you know every ingredient everything that's inside a, a medicine needs to be tested individually even the coating even the coloring and all those things so it go and then if it's kind of safe well it should be safe and it's still kind of it's the kind of have um a foreseen benefit like um we can really say um that this will have a certain effect that will be beneficial then it can be tested on humans and then it will start slow like um I'll phase one clinical trial with just a few people and then it should be maybe healthy individuals that can withstand whatever it is that's being tested and then phase two with a little more um subjects with maybe a specific disease or a specific target population and then phase three with even bigger population and so on and so forth so it takes years i mean i'm telling you this is i wanted to talk about it because it's a little significant with what's happening now that we are um really hoping for a vaccine for covid-19 and i want to hope it's going to come anytime soon but i know the process will be long and it has to be um evidence based that it's safe and that it will work so you know and then we analyze the benefits and the risks and if there are known risks that will be identified um we develop measures to minimize those risks so we can make sure that the foreseen benefits can outweigh them and that's where the product labels and information come in um we make sure that people know how to use it and how not to use it and what to avoid and what not to mix with it and you know stuff like when you're using anti-allergy meds they tend to be to make you drowsy or sleepy so the label will tell you not to drive or not to go out or do to use like heavy machine machinery cuz it will be very dangerous cuz you can feel drowsy anytime you know those things so we try and do everything we can um to let people know um that yes this will work but you have to follow the label and you have to drink the right amount or put on how much and how many times a day it's kind of specific and you know this is very valuable to all who prescribe recommend and use whatever treatment or product it is and maybe you don't <laughs> read those things anymore especially for drugs that has been established for years and years and years like paracetamol we know how it works how to use it how much we need to drink but for those new emerging 
medications we really really need to do it and we have to strict to be strict about it and we can't not go through the process because we have to make sure that it works and that it's safe and you know you think that's it um you already have the paracetamol in your hand and you can drink it our work doesn't end there even when those products have already reached you um the consumers us who buy the products we the pharmacovigilance community still continue to monitor and make sure that the information is up to date so we read articles news articles even published um, scientific articles we you know those package labels have a number you can call if you feel anything out of the ordinary you know it's supposed to take out the pain but instead you had rashes and you felt this and you felt that you can call that number and let us know and um, even doctors would report that hey my patient felt this when she drank this medicine and we continue to monitor and make sure that the information written on the labor the label is up to date and you know there's a global database pharmacovigilance database and the information for every product every drug every device is regularly shared there um to the company the pharmaceutical companies to other colleagues and to regulatory authorities like ema fda if you're familiar with that so it's regularly shared with everyone that oh um in in this region something happened um in in this certain population a good example again would be dengvaksha and what happened here in the philippines so we found out that it affects kids and this and that would happen and all that jazz so yeah we monitor those things and if necessary um we publish the updates we if it's as bad as Dengvaksha and um, there were deaths, it will be on high alert and there will be signals and people would be informed immediately. It, it's crazy because it's, sa- it's about safety and we're making sure that no harm is done because of this product. So... Of course, we need to share the information. We cannot just let people die. And so, yeah, we publish updates, even reach out to other healthcare professionals and do like health teachings and to reiterate how it's used and to special drugs. There are special prescriptions needed and we cannot just buy those things over the counter, you know, like anesthesia and chemo and all those things. Only a special group of people can buy those and you need a special prescription for those things. You know, we put high alerts and every type of measure we can to make sure that um, the products and devices go to the right hands and it will be used properly you know um another good example would be 
minoxidil. I think it was originally targeted as a cardio drug. And, you know, people with cardio issues started um, drinking that. And they observed that they were growing out hair, <laughs> too much hair, um, in places they're not supposed to, in places that they should grow hair and it's thicker and stuff. So, now the... <laughs> The pharma who the pharma company who produces that drug redirected the drug to instead of cardio issues they targeted the drug to hair loss and used it as you know hair growing thing and it's crazy just because people started to um, report that they were growing hair and it's it's amazing how this industry works and you know it's a good flow of um it's a steady stream of information from us the scientists to to the consumers and then the pharma companies and then the data collectors and then to the consumers and all that jazz it's everyone is contributing to it essentially even um, you won't believe, but sometimes it's someone's neighbor. And, you know, I know my neighbor uses this drug and I have observed that they have now mood changes and stuff like that. It's crazy. And you won't believe how other people use products in in ways that were not imagined it would be used. <laughs> and, you know, that's how we discover new things and that's how we develop new drug and we get breakthroughs every now and then and you know if it wasn't for this industry we wouldn't have you know cure for cancer chemo and we wouldn't have flu vaccines and other stuff that are protecting us now and making us feel better um, I know it's controversial. Not everyone believes in drugs and stuff, but it's science for me. Since I'm a nurse, it's it's a big big deal um, to be evidence based for everything to be so black and white to know what's safe and what's harmful, what can benefit you and what can have risks, and what to do, what not to do, what to use and what not to use, and all that stuff. So. Yeah, um, so me as a scientist, well, I moved companies and now I'm called a safety scientist. No more medical, <laughs> but it's the same thing. I come in um, as a safety writer. So what I do is I submit the information reports to regulatory authorities like the FDA. So they require reports for certain products every uh, on a regular basis for example for something in the clinical trial phase it's not yet out there in the market groceries pharmacies um it's still being tested in a controlled environment stuff they require um a developmental update report safety update update report so a dsur every year until um, the drug is safe enough to market 
and until clinical trials are being run for that product so there's a report for that that's being submitted every year and i write that report so i get everything every data that has been collected for a certain product within um one year within the span of one year and then you know whatever they got from the clinical trials what were what were the side effects what did the patients feel and stuff like that so i take those information um even what has been written for the product in literature or in published scientific um um reports even in non-clinical trials like i said that are tested in non um not in humans and if other companies have also studied the same product and what the other company got from their study so i collect all of those things in one huge report and then i write it in um a certain format and i submit to the regulatory authorities um, which is the most common is the fda and then they read through the report and then they tell you if it's still worth it that we study the drug if we still need to continue studying it if it's still safe if the benefit still outweighs the risks and all those stats <laughs> so that's where i come in so i write those things it's it's fascinating most of the time <laughs> and i would never have believed that i got this job when i was <laughs> if i'm still in college and you tell me this is my future job i would never i hate research and i hate reading and writing scientific stuff but here i am now so um i would like to believe that i'm still making a difference and i'm still saving lives um even though i'm not in the front line because i think our job is still important because um like i said if it prevents um harm from pharma products and devices and consumer products and um i think that's still very important because someone dying of a disease is somewhat someone somewhat acceptable but if someone dies from a medicine uh, that could have been prevented and that's what we do and i think i would like to think um that's very important so yeah i'm a safety scientist and i'm proud um even though i'm not in the front lines um but i have no words to express how grateful i am to frontliners and how proud i am especially to my nursing batchmates they are <laughs> crazy awesome and i cannot imagine how they are feeling right now and how much of their lives are at risk so thank you to the frontliners i mean you guys are heroes yeah so what's your career <laughs> i mean you can tell me about what you do or if you have questions about what i do 
And if you have suggestions about my next topic, because really, I had to rack my brains out for this. Um, I really planned on talking about this, but um, not now. I, I thought it wasn't relevant, but with the COVID thing and vaccine talks, I mean, I think it was a little bit relevant. I think... Um, I I hope you learned something about it. So you can again send me a voice message through anchor.fm forward slash the big fat truth or you can tweet me at underscore the big fat truth. So yeah, that's your weekly dose of the big fat truth from your average girl Janina and I would catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening. Bye.